Thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Ken Cairns, a weekly sports card podcast with lessons he's learned in the hobby and life lessons he's learned along the way. So sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded is the cards. You are now on with Ken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with me, your host, Ken. I'm a retired teacher documenting my hobby journey here on the pod, finding teachable moments to share with all of you along the way. Don't forget to hit me up on Instagram at sportscard underscore lessons. Hit the follow button and you can watch these episodes on the Sports Card Lessons YouTube channel. Welcome, everyone. How is everyone doing? Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, please hit the subscribe button and leave some feedback. Welcome to today's episode, episode number 50. Last episode of season one. I can't believe I actually got here to episode 50. Uh, quick note before I start. Um, I am in the process of a move. So this episode 50 is going to be the last episode I tape in this office or record in this office. Uh, I am moving and I am building a new office in my new house. Um, so I will be taking the next two weeks off while I move and prepare the new office. So I will be back uh, on Thursday, the 29th. I'm changing up the uh, dropping the episodes on Friday to uh, starting in season two. I'm going to drop them on Thursdays. Uh, I'm hoping to do two a week, do the Monday and Thursday, but right now coming back, I'm going to be on Thursday the 29th. I couldn't celebrate this 50th episode without my good friend, my hobby partner, and my traveling partner. Welcome, Rob, Sports Card Therapist Podcast. How you doing, buddy? Ken, 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 what is going on, man? I was going to bring the streamers. I was going to drop the confetti for you. Episode 50. This is unbelievable. I, I tell you, man, it seems like just yesterday that we were driving to a show in New Jersey and you were like, you know what? I'm the podcast I've been doing with my nephew. It's fun, but it's just like I don't feel passionate about it, but I feel like now that I've dipped my toe in the water with the podcast game, I could really see myself doing a sports card podcast. And um, I couldn't remember almost exactly where we were. We were about to cross the George Washington bridge, you know, and, uh, and, and I was like, dude, that would be freaking awesome. That would be awesome. And, and here we are episode 50. Unbelievable, man. I mean, your podcast has truly become my favorite podcast to listen to. I kid yeah. you not. My favorite podcast to listen to. Every time it drops, first thing I do wake up in the morning, I play it, man. So congrats. 50 is huge. 50 is huge. So two weeks off for you, well-deserved. Well-deserved. I know behind the scenes, your, your life has been kind of nuts and chaotic. And if anyone's ever had to move or sell a house or buy a house and, and have to do all that, you know the chaos that can ensue. So uh, taking two 
two weeks off for sure. And I like the fact that you're switching your days to Thursday. It's almost like a, you're, it's a new you. I mean, there's so much that's going to be different in season two, right? New day, new office. There's going to be a new background for people that are watching on YouTube. So that's pretty cool, man. And I'm working on a new intro for the, uh, for the YouTube. So there'll be a nice little intro coming in there. So yeah, lots of improvements, lots of growth. And, and growth, I think, is probably the key word, because when I look back at at episode one and even before episode one, just, you know, where I was in the hobby then uh, to where I am now from from the podcast, where where the podcast has gone, where where my show, where my case is at the show, where, you know, just my hobby lane in general, I just the growth that I've had from from. You know, the, the beginning of my entry into the hobby, but then even this entry into this podcast, too, which really helped me, uh, you know, just bring what I was doing, just just what I noticed, what just what I saw. And I wanted to bring the lesson aspect to to the podcast, to the listeners. Well, I tell you what, man, I'm, I'm definitely I, I completely feel you on that. You know, I think I think back at my show and and just the the maturation that I went through in the hobby because of the show and because of the hobby, the show went through that maturation as well. You know, and we had talked about it a couple episodes ago on the content creator roundtable that we all did, you know, and, um, you know, watching you evolve in real time both in the hobby and the podcast it's been phenomenal you know what i mean it's like it's it just feels like you know in life we're either moving forward or backward that's at least my belief i believe that we're never just standing still i believe that we're always kind of moving either forward or backward and i feel like it's just been a consistent forward for you over the course of the last year I've had a great mentor too, right? I've always talked about, you know, being able to be a sponge to look at, you know, what people are doing around me and what what they're doing well, and 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 try to emulate a lot of that. And and of course, you know, having you right there and being, you know, your podcast being my favorite podcast. I've never missed an episode. My go-to podcast uh, that. And, and you've talked about it. I've talked about it. I've always felt like I've been kind of six or eight months behind you, you know, and, and it's funny at times where I see you going through things and I'd say, why is he doing that? Or, or I wonder why, you know, he's, he's switching that up. And then it would be about six months later, it would like the, the light bulb would go off and I'd be like, okay, I understand it now. I understand. And then, you know, and as much as I, um, tried to create my own lane. It just felt like I just kept coming back and coming back because I think the footprint of, of, you know, the, 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 the podcasting things that you've started, things that you've done is you're very successful in. And, and even though I've, I ventured, ventured off a few times by, I've seemed to kind of come back because, you know, I can see what works and, and, and I thank you for being there and being, you know, a mentor to me. Well, definitely, man. Definitely. I I appreciate that. Thank you for that. And I tell you, man, it's, I get no greater joy than seeing those around me succeed as well. You know, it's, I feel like if, if you were to have started your podcast, um, and your, your podcast would, you know, 
would not have taken off. Meanwhile, you know, mine did. It I it would it would feel very uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It would be like, but just as many people are coming up to you, you know, when we're at shows and saying commenting on your podcast and saying how much they like it and stuff like that and and your streams your views continuing to go up and and it's not about the streams or the views but at the same time it's it it shows that you are making that connection with people you know and and you being a former teacher you know and 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 that being the title of your podcast sports card lessons you know better than anyone that when you when you know something it takes it to a different level when you're teaching others the, that thing that you know. It almost ingrains it in you even more. So when I've kind of, you know, walked you through how to do the podcast or, or you and I have kind of, you know, talked back and forth about, oh, what's your podcast going to be about this week? What's mine going to be about? It's like steel sharpens steel. You know, it's I wouldn't be as sharp as I was right now if you didn't start your podcast. I know that for a fact. And I'm sure it's a lot of this, you know, conversation, you know, all conversation, this conversation that we have in the hobby. And and sometimes we talk and people might think like, do they ever get tired of talking about the hobby? But but we we talk about everything. Right. I mean, even even though we're talking about a, talking about the hobby on the way or to a show, whether we're driving together or we're just on the phone, we're talking about cards. We're talking about, you know, the show, but we're talking about, you know, a great deal of. All kinds of other things. Right. So not only and, and I guess the point I'm trying to make here, it's not only um, and you talk about you know, steel meets steel sharpening. Right. Uh, I think that as as a person. Right. There's a lot of things that I mean, it wor it worked out. It works out well with the podcast. But just as a person in life, I like a lot of the stuff that that we talk about. It's it's important. Right. It's not just, you know, throwaway stuff. And I think I think that. Um, even at my age, it helps me grow. Right. Because there there's there's an age difference between the two of us right so sometimes you're talking about things and i may say oh i have no idea what you're talking about explain that to me right so now being a, the teacher i am always being being the student like learning from you and i guess that's what i'm trying to say i, I i'm learning more from you than just the hobby stuff and just just the the not just the podcast stuff but just like in life in general, I'm, I'm learning so much more. Yeah, definitely. It's like uh, last week when you were really educating me about the silent film era, you know, just, <laughs> you know, just what it was like in the 1920s and, and things like. Uh, things. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Sherry's going to love this comment. He's always he says, why do they refer to you as as a gentleman of a certain age? It's like, what what the hell does that mean? Anyway? I don't. To me, that's like the polite way of saying like just older. I don't. I, so I don't even know. You know, but it's crazy because like obviously. So you're fifty seven. Is yep, it 57. okay? So you're fifty seven. But mentally, how old do you feel? Uh, Thirty five. 35 like, like honestly 30 35 I, I and and i think like in my mind that and i'm gonna give you a, like a few examples here we were just talking about uh you know getting ready for this move and and saying 
initially I said, you said, are you going to take time off from the pot? I'm like, no, no, I can do this. I can do everything. I can get the move going. I've got, I've got contractors. I've got plumbers. I got electricians. I got floor carpeting guys. I got wood floor guys. I got painters. Like I got all this, right. I'm a, I'm a week, week into it. I'm five days away from moving. And I'm like, yeah, I need two weeks off. <laughs> you know, I, nothing's getting done on time. Right. And then, then it comes time to move it. I'm like, I think we could move most of this stuff myself. And I started packing boxes and moving stuff. And I'm like, well, we better tell the movers we're going to have more to move than it's just like, like in your mind, like you really think, and you start doing it. And I don't know if that's just being wise at this point at my age, just saying, I'd rather just spend a little more money and let everybody move the stuff than, you know, getting into it and, and, and lifting all this stuff myself. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like you, you don't know that yet, but, but for someone, when you're kind of at my age, like you think you can do everything, and then you realize sometimes you're like, wow, maybe, maybe, maybe I need a little help here, you know, or maybe I'm not going to get to finish it. And I'd be the first one to say I can do anything. Yeah. Um, and I try to use my brain more than my brawn at this age, you know? Yeah, man. And, and let me just say, you know, I think, um, you know, to bring it back to the podcast, I think one thing that I've really really taken away from your podcast over season one over the first 50 episodes are just you know you are just an amazing storyteller and you really paint the picture of a show okay because i mean it's the same even if even if i was at the show with you right even if i was at the show with you it's that concept of if you have five people that see a car accident you're gonna have five different versions of what happened you know so so but when i listen to you talk about the show and everything you've seen like i really feel like i'm i'm reading a book i feel like i'm watching a film it's it's so vivid with your storytelling and um i i think that's probably one of the biggest uh, things that probably draws your listeners in. I'm not sure how often you get that kind of feedback from people, but your storytelling about the shows, your storytelling about the deals, about the negotiations, um, they're great. They're great. And I, I feel like I'm a smarter negotiator by listening to the deals that you've discussed. Hmm. I get a lot of feedback of people that say that, say like, I feel like I was at the show, you know, when I get into situations or I feel like when I tell the story of anything, they feel like, I feel like I was a spectator at that table, you know, watching, watching the deal go down, that type of thing. Um, I do have to say um, two things that I think have have really helped that is one um, teaching in a prison where they, and you know, you work in the prison, they have very little contact in the outside, right? So when I'm coming and I'm teaching and I need to, you know, bring real world stuff to them, um, I have to do it so everybody can understand it. And being dyslexic, I know I can only learn certain ways. There's, I can't, I'm not a traditional learner. So being a teacher, when I go in, I can't expect all my students to be traditional learners, right? So I have to come in and I had to create a lesson plan that helped everybody in the classroom learn, you know, where, where I didn't have to take up 
a whole day teaching the same thing four different ways. If I figured out how to teach it one way where everybody could get it, to me, that was a home run. So I think being a, doing that for so many years, no matter where I go, in my mind, I even now, I don't even teach there now. Even now, when situations happen, I all of a sudden I flash in my mind, this would have made a, a you know, a great lesson plan. Right. I don't, I don't even teach anymore, but I think in my mind, wow, that would have made a great lesson plan if I was still teaching. So just, you know, my mind is always working like a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thinking back, so I'm kind of curious because your last week's episode, which I believe was ex, um, episode 49, mm-hmm. um, that was one of my absolute favorite episodes of yours. And it was who makes the rules on trading. And you had talked about your, dealings with um one certain dealer and but really i know you referenced throughout you sprinkled in different situations and scenarios you've been in with other dealers so when you are sitting there and you're negotiating with someone on a card right whether if it's a trade but we'll use trade because of your last episode as it's going on and as it feels like it's just going in the toilet bowl, the deal, and you're just getting fired up and miserable over this thing, in the back of your mind, are you already saying, yep, this is my next episode. This is great content right here. Yeah, I say this is something I got to talk about, you know, and 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 I'm not getting, and you know me, I, I don't I don't get upset. Like I'll, I'll go through this whole thing and I'll be like, really? Oh, you know, like I'm, like I'm taking it all in. And, and sometimes people think, oh, I got this guy hook, line and sinker until I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not an idiot. I'm not doing this, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, that's, I'm always thinking that I'm thinking that at a show when something, this is happening at a show. I think to myself, is this good enough content that I can take home and, 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 and put on this week's episode all the time and not even from the show and, and whether I'm looking to purchase something online through like Instagram or Facebook, or I'm going to a card show or, uh, you know, as a spectator, or I'm going to uh, an LCS, you know, to, I'm always thinking, is this good enough content that I could put on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can remember it was, I think episode 27 of yours, it was toward the end of August and it was discussing your negotiation style. You know, and it was discussing, um, you know, and I, I think a lot of your content does circle around the social aspect of the hobby, right? The social aspect, you know, from because your negotiation style that just says so much about you, right? So when you're sitting there and you're planning out an episode like that i'm not sure how well you remember that episode that was so long ago right um i mean it was four good four months ago but what goes into an episode like that like walk me through so far episodes one through 50 what your preparation is like for an episode like that and what can inspire an idea um I think the preparation has been different from the early episodes to the later episodes. Um, I think the early episodes, uh, when preparing for those, I I tried to find every little bit of content that I thought I could use as a lesson. 
like something I could teach, something I could come and say, here's something I'm going to teach. And in the earlier episodes, uh, I felt like I was bringing a lesson all the time. And I think at some point in the episodes, I got away from the lesson and I was just bringing the stories with probably not a lot of lesson, not a lot of things to learn, but more like entertaining stories. Uh, and, and I would have to say, uh, it was somewhere in the thirties where you said to me, you had mentioned to me, you kind of got away from the lesson part of it. And I thought to myself and I said, you know what? You're right. You're right. And these are the things like, like I was talking about that, you know, we talk about in, in little comments like that, you know, that you notice something or I notice something. It really helps. It really helps me kind of refocus. So I, I and I think, and I'm going to get here, I'm going to answer your question, but I just, I think when it probably around episode, I, I think like 38 or 39, um, my strategies with the current state of the hobby. I think that was 39. I think that's where I kind of refocused and I said, I'm going to get back to the lesson part of it and, and maybe cut out some of the fluff that I was adding into the episode that maybe, you know, like some people liked and some people didn't like, and it was, um, it was taking the episodes from say 30 minutes to 45 minutes or 50 minutes type of thing. So I kind of cut them back. I focused more on the, uh, more on the lesson and I felt more comfortable doing that. And, and a lot of the listeners, a lot of feedback, just great episodes. And, and you just said too, like your last episode 49 was your, your, you know, your favorite episode. And that was just, you know, focusing on a lesson. So what, what goes into that part, focusing on a lesson? And, and we talk, you know, we talk about anything, any invention in this world, right? That people are solving a problem. You know, when somebody invents something, they're solving some type of a problem. So I, I'm not trying to invent anything, but if I see that something can be done better or something could be done different or something that's just being done wrong, that's what I'm going to talk about. So when I come across those things, um, I get excited, you know, because, you know, it, you've got to come up with. So you do a lot of interviews and I haven't my first season. I haven't done a lot of interviews, so I have to come up with content every week. Right. So doing that, when I have these situations, I get excited. I'm like, OK, this is great. This is something I can focus on and really pay attention to. And, and then the wheels start turning. So this happens on, say, on a show on Saturday or Sunday or maybe a show I went to or maybe something. So now I've got good two, three, four days to work on this and work on this content. And it's always going in my mind. I mean, I'm not sure about you or other people who do podcasts, but as I get this as I, this scenario happens, I start going over and over it and, and I fine tune, fine tune, fine tune. So the point where I sit at a microphone, right? I've already, this has already happened, you know, 25 or 30 times in my mind. So it's, it's easy. And this is the same thing I used to do as a teacher, right? I would, I would jot, 
you know, notes down for a lesson plan, but I would roll, roll it through, roll it through, roll it through. And when I got to the classroom, the, I, they got the best version of that story, just like on the podcast, I'm hoping my listeners are getting the best version of that story. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and well said, man. And so we, we have an idea of how the podcast has evolved, right? That's kind of what we've touched on, like how the co- podcast has evolved from episode one to episode 50. Now I'm kind of curious, how have your cards evolved since the start of the podcast? And I don't mean since the start of you getting in the hobby, but I'm curious about the start of the podcast. So looking at your podcast episodes, what I'm seeing right now is episode one was March 17th. So right around that March time, how has your car, how have your cards evolved? Um, it's funny you should ask that because as I'm packing up my office here, I'm pulling card boxes of cards, slabs that I forgot I even had right? That that's a pretty good problem to have. Well, it's a good problem, but then you look at them, you're like, Oh, I remember why I put this mistake in the closet, you know? (laughs) But, uh, you know, there was an episode, I I'm not sure what number it was, but it was called my biggest card to date in the hobby. Right. And I, I was laughing because I think about that episode because I think the card was like a $2,000 card. May 26th. My and, biggest hobby deal to date. And and to me, that was huge. You knew, you remember that. That was yeah. a that was a huge deal for yeah. me to 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 purchase this card because I'd been in that 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 low lane, that one, two, three hundred, four hundred. You know, I, I I think before that, the biggest card I had um was was probably a six or seven hundred dollar card. Um so that at that point with that card, that was kind of that first step, right? And then, and then you said that was in May, right? So by the time I got to national, I had, you know, I had, you know, some uh, Brady rookie and some Josh Allen rookie. So, you know, I started, you know, I, I, I can look back at that and, and talking about these bigger cards that I had, but how has it changed? Because I think I was buying those cards to put in my case where now I still have the cards in my case, but now I'm buying cards for myself. I'm buying cards for my own PC. I'm buying cards that make me feel good. Right. So my, my collection has changed. My PC has completely changed and I still have, you know, my first three or four PCs, right? And I'll call them my side PCs now because now my biggest PC is is the hockey, as you see behind me in the case. Um, but it's become it's become a lot more fun for me. It's it's like more of a feel good, you know, to go out and buy, well, you know, you buy cards that you love. I mean, it just feels great. Where I was buying cards that, I wanted to put in my case because I wanted to have big cards in my case and they may not necessarily have been the cards I should have been putting in my case, but they're the cards at the time I did put in my case, but now I'm much more focused of the cards I want in my case. Uh, so, so I'm very particular about 
I mean, I was just buying, you know, I was buying a ton of stuff to put in my case just to see what would work. And now I'm pretty particular about what I buy to put in my case at shows. So, so definitely my, my collection, my PC has changed a number of times, but it's, it's changed for the better. And I think my cases, you know, at the shows have changed, but that's really based on the, on what I'm going to sell, right? What I think I'm going to sell. So, you know, if I, and, and I talk about getting ready for a show in two weeks may, may start now. It's not going to start, you know, a week before it's, you know, who's hot, who, who are some cards I can throw in my case that I know are going to sell right away and I can make, you know, a little bit of profit that could pay for the day. And that's all I need. Yeah. And, and you kind of stole my thunder with what my next question was going to be, because you had mentioned the hockey and, and what I wanted to ask was, tell me about the excitement you feel now when you think about buying hockey doesn't it almost feel like like when you when you switch lanes in your pc and i'm not saying that we won't ever go back to the lane we were in before right Mm -hmm. but when we switch lanes in our pc it almost feels like we're discovering an entire new hobby well you know i talked hockey hockey was my life right i grew up playing hockey i was skating at four years old right and i played hockey uh competitively you know, up into my mid to late twenties. And then I started coaching my own kids and that was a whole other 10, 12, 14 years of coaching with them. Um, so I knew everything about hockey. I knew everything about hockey from the early seventies up to now. And, and when you, I you a- were quite the enforcer, you were quite the enforcer. <laughs> uh, well, I was the goal scorer kid, but we don't, you know, <laughs> oh, you so would have been, been, been the enforcer. You needed that height, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, hockey was really in my blood, you know, growing up and it was in my, you know, with my kids and everything. And when I got into the hobby, I had a lot of, you know, cars from, you know, from the seventies and eighties you know, with hockey. And when I first started, you know, where all the, all the, the card prices were blowing up everywhere. I'd go back and look at all these hockey cards and they were worth nothing. They were, so it just kind of, I just kind of put them back and I just kind of said, well, you know, I know enough about hockey, but there's really not a big lane in hockey. I mean, it's, it's more for me, it's going to be football. Right. And, you know, I, I, I did a little bit with tennis. I did a little bit with wrestling and things like that. Uh, and then I just decided, you know, if I'm going to PC stuff, it should be stuff that, you know, everybody talks about and you talk about it. It's, it's the, you know, from when you were a kid, it's, it's the things you remember as a kid and the players and things like that. And, and the nostalgia. And I just, that started getting to me when I, I bought a couple uh, Gretzky cards and I'm like, oh yeah, these are nice. And then I bought some Lemieux cards. I'm like, yeah. Then I bought some Ovechkin cards. I'm like, all right. I'm on so when you bought those cards, what were the feelings that you're talking about? Um, because of the players that I've watched, there are people that I watch. I sat and watched them play and I knew they were great players. At, at one time um, I wore a number 66 for, you know, a Mario Lemieux, you know? So, I mean, they're just players that I watched. They're players that I watched. I watched. They're players I watched with my kids, players we talked about. We would go to, like, big hockey events, and they would be there. You know, some of these great players would be there. So, 
they've always been just part of my life, you know, and I go back and I'll say something like, oh, you know, I met Bobby Orr a number of times and people look at me like, what? I'm like, yeah, I mean, Ray Bork, you know, I met him a bunch, like all these, these people, these, you know, professional hockey players I've met just from being involved in hockey and knowing people in hockey. So, uh, I jumped back into it and I knew like the player I'm buying players that I've met that I knew that I watched playing and, and, and it feels good. And, and I'm not worried about all the, everything else I was buying. I was worried about, Oh, well, if I buy this, the price could go up or this could double, or, you know, if I buy this and hold this a year from now, it's going to be worth X amount. I don't even think about that. Sometimes I bought, I bought, I talked about buying some cards, um, some Ovechkin cards um, a couple weeks ago at a show. I never even looked up the comps. I mean, I literally, I stood there and I talked to the dealer on it and I just said, are there comps? And, you know, he pulled this phone out and said, well, I see this and that, but you know, they are Ovechkin, you know, they are from like 2012 or 11. And this was what was, so. and we just talked about, and I bought the cards. I mean, I wasn't worried about what the, cause I just wanted to buy the card to put it in my case. And, and I felt if I was paying, you know, if I wasn't overpaying or underpaying, if I was within that area, then I was fine with that. And and I'm happy to buy those cards. And this is the first time I'm making purchases where I'm not so fixated on the price, on the comps, on exactly what I'm paying. Like I'm just saying, if I'm if I'm within range, I'm going to take it because it's just going to go in the case behind me. It's not they're not going to shows. They're not not for sale. I'm not putting them up online for sale. They're just, I'm just going to keep them because. They're my PC. <laughs> wow. And it's crazy because for the last year or so, more than that, for the last year and a half to two years, you know, a question I would ask you from time to time is, well, what's your PC? What What are you PCing? Like, what are you PCing? What are you collecting? Who do you? And you're like, well, you know, I obviously the Chiefs are my team and I love Mahomes, and And I'm like, so why aren't you buying Mahomes? Like, why aren't you buying Mahomes and holding it? And you're like, I don't know. Good question. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, it was like, I'm not ready. Right. Like, I, I don't know. And, and I think it, it, it felt like it's exactly what brought me to my PC. I, because there isn't anything that I PC that's modern. You know, when I think about what I PC, the one modern card I have is the big LeBron rookie auto, but that's because that was a huge investment part of my season two, you know, whole yeah. deal. But everything else, my entire, everything that I personally collect is really rooted in memories that are decades and decades old. Hmm. Let me ask you a question. When, when you think about your PC and some of the higher end cards, and this is something that I've debated about and we've never talked about it. And I just want to throw that question out to you because I know, I know getting ready for, and you talk about putting it out there in the universe, right? You're saying, if you're looking for something, put it out there in the universe and, and it'll happen. And, and we're coming to the end of the year. And last year we, we we messaged it was i think it was new year's eve we were messaging there was a me you craig new york city sports guard and maybe one or two others on there and we were saying um you know top five what's on your top five list to to 
to happen this year, you know, to go out and get these cards this year. And 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 preparing for the end of the year, I've been just, you know, just thinking about this. But doing that, I'm thinking more of my PC. And there's been a few times where I thought to myself, maybe I'll take one of my big cards out of my case, right? Out of my going to shows to sell and move that towards a PC card. And I just wanted to talk to you, your feeling about that. Have I know you moved like, I think a number of your, your, your PC cards to get into your big LeBron, but were there cards that you were just, that you really expected to sell at a show that you took out and you maybe made a trade with them to, to get into something that was going to be a PC that wasn't going to go back and that was going to, you know, sit, stay at home when you went to shows. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, all all good, all good questions. I don't know if there's an easy answer for that. You know, I think last year when I put it out, and I'm definitely going to be putting it out again this year. You know, what's what's the top five cards you're hoping to acquire in 2023? Um, you know, and and I'm just such a believer in the law of attraction. You know, I'm 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 not like a you know I'm not someone that believes in a lot of hokey things or whatnot, but I do believe in positive energy. I do believe that whatever you focus your energy on will come back to you. And, you know, by focusing on what you want to achieve that you'll, that positive energy will track those achievements, you know? So I do believe in that. I also believe I'm not an idiot. I believe in the fact that we have a podcast and we have a platform. So, if we want something or if we have a goal, if we put it out there, I think other people, the ho- most people in the hobby want to see you succeed, right? So even if you don't have a podcast, if you have just a, a Twitter account or a Facebook um, account or an Instagram account, you know, that you're still, that's still your brand. That's still your platform. So put it out there. That's definitely what I would recommend. Now, in order to get that massive LeBron card that I got, Um, I wouldn't necessarily call the cards. There was one card that was a big PC card that I moved and that was the 51 Bowman Mickey Mantle that, that one hurt to move. Luckily, thankfully, um, you know, the card gods, the law of attraction, whatever you want to call it, put it back in my life at the East coast national in August. And, and that's the one that's, you know, sitting behind me right there, um, but you know the other ones it was just like you know i knew i was working toward that that big lebron card so i just continued to acquire high end liquid cards you know remember i got the bowman chrome brady rookie psa 10 at the time comps like 16k remember i um you and i we drove there together and i met the guy at the show that morning we had already made the deal a few days ago i met him there boom made the exchange and i had it um that card, I, I didn't necessarily think I was going to hold that for the rest of my life. I knew that was like, it's like holding a bar of gold pretty much. Right. Like, and it's like, okay, when it's time to cash it in, you cash it in. Yeah. But, um, but for me, the reason why I usually bring all my cards with me to the shows is because at least like on my show and, and, and your show to an extent too, I, I feel like you do, you focus a bit more on the social aspect of the hobby, like we were talking about before. And, um, which is strange because you would think that that would be me being, you know, licensed therapist, but I feel like 
I focus more on uh, maybe, and not that I want to compare mine to you, so I shouldn't say that, but I, I put a lot of focus on the cards. So, so I put a lot of focus on the cards themselves. So when people come to my table, they see the LeBron, they say, Oh, there it is. There it is. There's the LeBron up. Oh, there's the mantle. You brought the mantle. You're selling the mantle. I'm like, no, I just have it here, you know? So, you know, but it, it, it's a nice, and I think you even said it. I think you might have said it on one of your pods. Um, you know, having having some heat that you really aren't intending on moving is a nice way to like get people to kind of stop and and reverse a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and just kind of take a look, mm-hmm. you know, take a look around. So yeah. rather than because people speed walk past cases at shows, and I know because I do the same exact thing, yeah. but that's because I'm sneaking away from my table for 10 minutes. I'm like, hey, Ken, can you watch my table for 10 minutes? And I know I don't want to be rude to you mm. by having you watch my table for an extended period of time. So I'll speed walk past cases, you know what I mean? Looking like a chicken with my head cut off, just seeing if there's anything that interests me. And usually all I'm doing is looking for some some vintage. So um, yeah, I don't know if they answered the question at all but yeah pretty much i mean I, I, like i'm at a crossroads now too and 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 it was it was almost like like something that's just been on my mind like do i take some of my cards that you know i don't want to say they're investments i mean it's a business right it, it's it, it's a hobby but you know it does it, it it does cost money to go to these shows and to set up and to buy the table and stuff like that so you have to sell something right you have to sell something i mean it, you have to make get some positive income to, you know to make the whole thing work although i just love the people like i love going out there and i love seeing all the people and talking to the people and and you know it, it's i'm not as uh, hyper focused on getting sales it's always yeah. nice to have a sale but but now i'm almost at a point where like it's it's i've built up this inventory in my cases and and i don't know if i'm if i if i'm going to take some of them like a higher end card out of my inventory in my case and turn around and move it towards a move it into a pc card that's not going to get in the case it's going to be on, on the wall you know behind me or into into my pc and i i'm just curious what your feelings were on that if you felt that listen that's that's all i've done i feel like for the majority of my time back in the hobby and 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 on the podcast you know i've went into great excruciating detail talking about how i've just continued to move cards to level up the cards move cards to level up the cards and and i talked about on a recent episode uh one of my round tables that i've been doing all all these round tables are like blurring into another one but um someone someone had mentioned on the youtube comments how how the term grail just gets used way too way too loosely and my response back to that comment was and i don't you know respond back to every comment but i do like to i do like to you know because it's not like i'm getting thousands of comments you know so so the comments that i do get i do like to show that like i'm appreciative of it i'm checking it out and i'm going to comment but i said listen my my idea of a grail continues to change and evolve and i'm probably the first one that's guilty of that because i think someone was trying to like um shame dan the great curator for getting like a really nice star wars card and he said man i got the grail this is the grail card and then he sold it like two months later Mm -hmm. and i'm like um i i'm kind of guilty of that too and and that's only because 
you know, it's like I get that Michael Jordan member in Enfield, Connecticut. I got that Michael Jordan rookie that I was freaking out over for three hours. You know, I finally get that. I grade it. It comes back a PSA five. And and to me, that's a grail. And little did I know within three months, I'd be moving that PSA five to get into a BGS nine. That was triple the value. Yeah. So like grails continue to evolve. And I think the longer we're in this hobby, the slower the game gets. You know what I mean? Almost like, um, you know, when you're a rookie in your first NFL game, you know, things are moving at the speed of light. You know, it's like you can't even slow down for a second. And then the more comfortable you get, the more games you play, you start to see the game a little bit differently. You you start to see the plays developing. Everything seems like it's slow motion. And you could really start to pick the defense apart. It feels like that's how it is in the hobby, you know? So I think I am using that term grail less. And when I actually do get something I consider a grail card, I've actually been socking them away. But with that being said, I do bring those cards to shows. I do put those cards in my case and I put a, an incredibly high price tag on it just so people know like, okay, this guy's high on his yeah. price. Like that's fine. You know? And I know you had talked about on your show how you don't want to do that because you don't want someone to see that high price and then just automatically assume your entire case is high. And then they're like, Oh, this guy's high, but you know, that's fine. Like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not really there to really walk away with a, with, you know, a wad of cash at the end of the day. I'm more there for the people, um, if I can make a couple deals, great, you know, but, um, you know, just, just being able to see people and, and feel alive in this hobby, because I truly believe that shows are the lifeline of the hobby. Well said, well said. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm there firsthand and I can say no matter how many big cards you have, you know, what the, what the price tags are on them. I'll watch your case and you, your your table and you'll run off and you'll come back with a smile ear to ear, holding up a card. Oh, I just like the excitement, like a, like a little kid. Right. And, yeah. and, and there's nothing better than that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do the same thing. I go off. If I get a card, I'm so excited about. I mean, I can't wait to come back and share it. But yeah. And it's in a lot of it for me is. I didn't even know this card existed. I didn't even know I wanted, I didn't even know this was my grail card until I saw it. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think you went to uh, Enfield, Connecticut. Shout out to Alex and Cliff. If they're listening from um, CNA uh, promotions up there in Enfield and Plainville. But when you went to the Enfield show last month, which was November or no, it was December it was the f December 3rd. When you went yeah, to Enfield, first, December yeah. 3rd, you did not, I don't think you had your mind on getting an Ovechkin card, right? Because there's just not much hockey at shows. Maybe you did. Maybe you're like, hey, if I see one, great. But, I mean, did you think you'd be picking up three? And that's how it is when you go to shows. It's one thing to be scrolling on eBay, scrolling on Instagram all the time. But when you're at a show and you see a card, like just like you said, that you've never seen before, and you realize, holy crap, between the cards I have on me or the cash I have in my pocket, that card can be mine. Yeah, yeah. And then there's I'll, no better feeling. No, not at all. And I, and I do have to say, uh, shout out to Ryan uh, Warchief, Warchief Cards. Uh, yep. I saw I saw him the week week before at at, at uh, Terrytown. He was set up there, 
And uh, it was Sunday. It was a little slow late in the day. And I was over there just going, looking through all his cards. And it was one of those things when I left on the way home, I said, oh, there was like two of those that I really wanted. And I'm like, well, I know how to find them on Instagram. I can. And when I showed up that following week in Enfield, and I saw him sitting there. I'm like, man, this, this deal is done. It's already done. Like, there's no way I'm not going to walk away with these cards, you know. And uh, yeah, he gave me a great deal. Uh, so yeah, it was, it's exciting. You saw me, I had that, I was that kid. I came back with, oh yeah, you ran right up to me and you're like, check out these cards. (laughs) (laughs) I was excited, man. So, so just, just to, uh, just change it up just a little bit. Um, it's really funny because we've, we've talked so many times about this, um, about, I should have more guests on my show. And, And one of the things I always felt that I listen, I consume content and, and it was a lot of the same people do, you know, doing the interviews. And I kind of got to know people's stories. And I always felt like if I'm going to bring one of those people on, I don't, I want to do something different. I don't want to talk about their hobby journey because everybody's kind of heard it. And I I really didn't want to lose people. And I kind of spent my first season not doing many interviews and I really have to congratulate you because the thing that I'd been thinking on 50 episodes, probably, you know, at least 35 episodes, um, you nailed it. You nailed it with these round tables. I mean, it's just unbelievable what you've done with this. And, and I turn this on and I'm like, Oh, why didn't I think of this? But you know, you know, it's, it's just like, this is it. This is, this is where, you've gone to the next level with this, right? You've just gone to that. You, you've just raised the bar on that. And it's not, you're bringing these people on and we all know their stories and we're not hearing their story again. You're pairing these people up and, and, and I mean, you're, you're putting bromances together. I mean, I, I hear some people going on. I'm like, like, whoa, whoa, where'd Rob go? Is he still in the room? Is he, are are these two just on a date now? You know? So it's just like, you, you've really, I I have to congratulate you. Like this, this month where you're doing three a week and, and I just can't wait, you know, to get up and listen to, to who's, I mean, I know who's next. So that's why I'm even more excited you know, because we talk all the time, but just congratulations. Cause you actually being able to put that together, you've nailed it. You've raised the bar now. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. It's like, uh, thank you, man. I really, really, man. And I, you know, I, I, I completely agree with everything you said. Like, you know, I, you have people on your shows, you ask them what their hobby journey is. And and even when I had people on for the first time, um, I have been trying to get away from that. I think my first 50 episodes or so, maybe I had 20 guests on, you know, and that's always like the go-to like, so tell me, how'd you get back? How, tell me about your hobby journey, you know? And it's like, you know, you figure probably like 60% of them are just like us. Like they got back in at the beginning of the pandemic, we collected early on and blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of the same thing, but as as it's evolved you know as i kind of hit episode 50 then episode 100 i stopped i think i pulled back from asking about the hobby journey because i hate that i hate that question i mean i think 
like if it's a good interview slowly some of those little details might come out through the story but i don't want to sit here and hear about your childhood um as much as i love and respect the guests i mean i think you know as a listener i kind of tune out you know so yeah i think the whole round table idea and is just like you know i'm a big hip-hop fan so what oftentimes what i think about is you know i look at some of these albums that get put together or some of these songs and like they hip-hop does something that really no other genre of music does right like i i can't ever remember hearing a rock song that had ozzy osbourne uh anthony kiedis from red hot chili peppers um you know kurt cobain on it and you know throw someone else in there you know i i can't ever remember there just being this monster collab of like the three biggest rock legends at that time but in hip-hop it's done all the time like they'll take like three three of the hottest rappers put them on a track each person gets a verse and it's like it's tailor-made for that so in my head i'm like okay i would love to be like the producer slash engineer of really putting together some cool round tables of people that maybe they've met before or maybe they haven't but what i'll do is you know reach out to people get them in a group chat you know once they've agreed individually and and basically they want to know okay who else is going to be on and what's the topic going to be that's usually the two questions you know um and then once they're in boom i create a new group chat and i'm like hey guys looking forward to it um what are you guys thinking for uh for recording time what are you guys thinking for dates you know but to put you know people together and i'm really trying to cover such a a vast a vast array of of topics you know and the thing is too one thing i've talked to you about when you bring guests on because i know for me the first 10 or 20 episodes i did i was really struggling for content i feel i felt like i felt like it was really like i'm like there's no way this show's gonna last so that's a big part of the reason why i started setting up at shows because i'm like okay i'm gonna really immerse myself in the hobby now but as i continued to bring guests on if i brought a guest on monday chances are that interview completely spurred a new topic idea for friday's episode you know so it's like i didn't even need to be setting up at shows because the interview that i just had was chock full of so much information and so much talk that i just used that as a branch out you know what i mean so um i i think bringing on guests are so beneficial in so many ways and you know when you do a pro and con list there's probably 10 pros and maybe two cons Mm -hmm. so well i'm gonna work on it that's that's one of my goals for next year is to start bringing uh more guests on well listen man you know i i know that there are some big names that are waiting to come on your podcast so i think uh you need to stop being stubborn you need to start you need to stop uh you know and start sharing the mic sharing the airtime man and and getting these guests on because the few guests that you've had on i mean it's it's been great you know the the episode that you do with rohan who's at slab sports mafia i mean that was phenomenal when you brought craig on uh at the beginning of season one that was phenomenal then you brought craig back and it was craig and 
uh, Dave about the soccer. Yeah. Thought that was phenomenal. Then the roundtable episode that we all did that was yeah. phenomenal. So that was great. Yeah, almost yeah. every episode where you brought someone on feels yeah. like it's been yeah. a home run. Well, even even the ones with you, right? The uh, the hobby talk and the uh, state of the hobbies. Those yeah. were great. Those were great episodes. Hundred percent, man. Without yeah. a doubt, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, looking forward to those. Looking forward to next year. Looking forward to season two. I can't wait, and, and and you don't have to give any spoilers, but I can't wait for season two, episode one of yours, to really hear what your plan, goals, or whatever the case, whatever twenty twenty three is going to look like for you in the hobby. I I can't wait to hear what yeah. these goals are. You know. Yeah, I am very excited. Very excited. I'm going to be doing it from a new office too, so Man. brand brand new office everything new so i'm, I'm, I'm new pretty, office who this yeah pretty excited about that as well yeah yeah so look we're getting on an hour here um so we're probably gonna wrap it up uh i appreciate you coming on i really do uh and i appreciate the mentorship i appreciate the friendship uh it's just been an unbelievable year uh and and i'm just looking looking forward to the next year and bigger and better things likewise man i i feel the same and and now it's it's i it's really no longer a mentorship man we're we're even man i learn just as much from you as as you learn from me you know what i mean so that's that's just what it's all about that's what friendship's all about that's what the hobby's all about it's just you know and i think that is just the importance of of finding at least one or two people that you can really build with in this hobby mm -hmm. because i think about just like i said if you didn't start your podcast i wouldn't be where i'm at with my podcast i know that and if you just never if we just never cross paths in the hobby i don't know where i'd be if i, I, didn't, I don't i, I might didn't not answer that ask that text that one text random text on a saturday night right do you yeah. collect do you collect sports cards <laughs> yeah changed everything yeah nice well I, i'm gonna ask you to say it i think everybody knows where to find you but tell them anyways yeah you could find me at um sports card underscore lessons on instagram <laughs> um my youtube is sports card under no, sports yeah. card therapist everywhere that you're watching or listening to ken so yeah. uh again man thank you for having me on I'm, i cannot wait I'm I'm just as excited as you. I feel like for uh, season two, man. Yeah. So so two weeks off. That season two, uh, episode one or episode fifty one. What do you think? Now you just kept going. Do you go to season two back to episode one, or do I go season two episode fifty one? You know what's weird. So <clears throat> I actually do both. So when I when I post it on the podcast. When I post it on the podcast, I'll put the title will be like episode 63, Ken from, from Sports Card Lessons. But then immediately when you look at the summary, the first thing there is season two, episode 13. Okay. So right. that yeah. just, I mean, I don't know. Because I feel like I, I want people to know how many total episodes I have. But then by reading the description... Mm -hmm. It immediately tells you like, oh, okay. He, so he, there's seasons. There's different seasons. Yeah. Okay. And and really every season 
you know, I know for me, and and I feel like it's going to be like that for you. Every season's really had its theme, you mm-hmm. know, and um, yeah, and and, and it's and, and it's gonna and it's gonna be different, right? Because the hobby has changed from this whole first season. We watched the hobby change, and now coming into a new year, a new season, the <clears throat> the hobby is a different place than it was last January, right? So so the focus is going to be different too. No. So I was just on uh, Crosstown Cardboard with uh, fellow Wolfpack members of ours, yeah. uh, Craig yeah. and Carmine, and uh, that episode just dropped this past Wednesday, so this week as well. And Carmine was, we were talking about prices and whatnot and why I really haven't been buying any big cards. It's one thing if you trade for big cards because even if that card goes down, your card's going down, everyone's card's going down, it's still an even playing field. But when you're paying cash for big cards, that's when it's like, eh. And he was telling me about a Tiger Woods rookie auto out of 279 that he got at a 7K value just a few months ago. Right now, current comps are four. I know. Do you remember Ooh. last year? That was that was one of my top five cards. Was the Tiger Woods uh, rookie rookie auto card? Listen, man, that's a big card. I would yeah. love to have that. If yeah. I had that, that would probably be sitting behind me right there on the screen. Mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd put him right next to Mike Tyson. <laughs> nice man. Uh, nice. Another, another guy I loved growing up. <laughs> so, all right, man. Two weeks. Listeners, thank you so much because getting to 50 episodes, I couldn't get here without you, uh, without you guys listening and the support and the feedback. Uh, you know, I, I I say this all the time. I look at it as my report card, right? My, you know, my, my, uh, when I get feedback and people talk, that just keeps me going. Uh, I, I really appreciate you. Uh, and, and you couldn't have gotten here without Sherry either. Shout out to Sherry. Shout out to Sherry. And she's she's like you know she's like my proof. You know, like you write something and you get somebody to proofread it. Yeah. Well, she she proof listens to it. You know, so she gets to listen before everybody else. So, um, she always tells me, "Oh my God, the best episode ever." <laughs> so, <laughs> shout out to Sherry. <laughs> listen, she's awesome, man. You uh, you yeah. you got one of the best ones there, man. Yeah. yeah. I said a few things. I, I I've never actually won the lottery, but but you know partner partner lottery with her, uh, job lottery with my my teaching career and my business and 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 friend lottery now right with you and the the rest of the wolf pack. So it's uh, yeah man, it's it's definitely been a been a been a lot of wins for me. So go ahead, tell us tell. Uh, Give us your tagline on your way out. <laughs> I get to give the tagline? You give yours, I give mine. You can do it. All right. I appreciate that, man. Uh, guys, take care of yourself and your collection. Thank you, everybody. Take care of yourselves, everyone around you. We'll see you in two weeks. Take care, Rob. All right, man.